You say they weaponized the Justice yeah. Department, they weaponized the FBI. Would you do the same if you're reelected? Well, the, he's unleashed something that everybody, we've all known about this for a hundred years. We've watched other countries do it. And in some cases, effective. And in other cases, the country's overthrown or it's been totally ineffective. But we've watched this for a long time. And uh, it's not unique, but it's unique for the United States. Yeah, if they do this, they've already done it. But if they want to follow through on this, uh, yeah, it could certainly happen in reverse. It could certainly happen in reverse. You may not have watched this particular interview that President Trump did now uh, a couple weeks ago with Univision. And yet this has become the big story with regards to his candidacy and with regards to the very left-leaning Spanish-speaking news station, Univision. Um, The short background on this is that he did an hour sit down with uh, their guy, who's not not Jorge Ramos, not not their main one of their main anchors or whatever, um, a kind of a third tier interviewer named Enrique Acevedo, and the story with regards to him has been that uh, how dare you do a one hour sit down puff piece, <laughs> basically no challenges interview. And then also, why did the network give him an hour? Why did they clear all of the Biden commercials for the Biden campaign out of uh, the middle of this interview, which would have been an appropriate thing for them to do? What's going on here? Okay, well, some of the and this this blew up last week when uh, you had on the Daily Show, uh, you had John Leguizamo basically ream out the network for doing this. And I had not watched this interview when it first came out. I thought, you know, whatever. And the initial story was Hispanics upset at Univision for giving Trump coverage. That was kind of the initial story. That was like the Fox News slant on this is, you know, oh, they're so upset that, you know, anybody dared to give uh, Trump any kind of coverage for an hour. You know, how dare they? Which the initial conservative response to that is, what's the big deal? Give Trump some coverage. You know, do it an hour sit down. Well, then more of the story comes out, and it looks like the interview was arranged by one of the Trump family members. There was all kind of special provisions in it, and if you watch the interview, it was definitely a softball piece. And so I thought, well, you know, I'm not going to talk about this until I go and watch the interview. And I learned in watching this interview why I don't watch Trump interviews. (laughs) Because, or, or Trump campaign speeches. And the reason is because Trump drives me up the bleeping wall um like i just sit there amazed that this is the person we're considering as the front runner for the republican party i mean i'm just as amazed when i watch biden don't get me wrong i'm amazed in different ways but i'm reminded of exactly how i felt about trump before he was the nominee in 2016 just what in the world are we doing so here you have and and i thought well Okay, we're going to have to talk about this because I don't think the story has anything to do with it being a softball interview. It it absolutely was. I mean, don't get me wrong. The the questions that he asked, uh, oh, my God, they're, you know, why do Hispanics like you so much, sir? (laughs) Like, seriously, that was kind of, it wasn't quite that phraseology, but that was pretty much one of the questions. And some of the, you know, some of the answers he gave. But that's, to me, more the news is the answers he gave. You know, people are all up in arms that Univision gives this light interview to the president for an hour, foreign president for an hour. Listen to the answers. The answers are unbelievable. Did you hear what he asked him? 
the Biden Department of Justice, uh, you you think has retaliated against you or you know weaponized the Department of Justice against you? Would you retaliate against them? Oh yeah, I might do that. Yeah, that's his answer. But if they want to follow through on this, uh, yeah, it could certainly happen in reverse. It could certainly happen in reverse. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, sure, I could do that. No problem. Easy. But yeah, they have done something that allows the next party. I mean, if somebody, if I happen to be president and I see somebody who's doing well and beating me very badly, I say, go down and indict them. Mostly that would be, you know, they would be out of business. They'd be out. They'd be out of the election. Yeah, I mean, you know, somebody runs against me and I don't like them. Sure, I could use the Department of Justice against them. I mean, that's what he's saying. The issue in this interview was not that it was some puff piece, although it was, or that it was arranged by, you know, Trump family member, even if it was, that's not the point that they didn't challenge him enough. By the way, you know, it's funny because, again, I think the critics of Trump sometimes misunderstand him. He does great when people challenge him. I mean, like, that's not an issue. He doesn't mind being fought with. He kind of likes it. So I'm not, I don't think that this interview would have been any different if the guy had been blazing. It probably would have been more interesting. It was just as interesting and uh, just amazing without any of that. For and here goes. I I know all day I'm gonna have to do this. <laughs> no in advance I'm gonna have to talk about this, but um, I want to be very careful and say my words just right. I don't know whether Trump is incapable of telling the truth. I just know that he doesn't tell it very often. And I don't know if it's, I, I don't think the term liar is quite accurate because I don't think he knows what the truth is. I think he genuinely believes the nonsense he says. He says things that are just false. And I think he believes them in his head. Here's an example. He's told this story before. A lot of this wasn't new material, but it was kind of new in the sense that it was in an interview on Univision and not in some rally somewhere. No candidate has ever had the support. In the last election, I got calls from the governor of actually Texas. He said something happened that's amazing. What? You've won every single district along the Mexican border. Every single district. I won. I wasn't 40%, I was 60, 70%. But every single district, he said, that hasn't happened since the Civil War. He called it Reconstruction. I said, you mean the Civil War? He said, yep. Uh, So since the Civil War, that hasn't happened. I want every single district along the southern border, your border. Go look at a map. Pull it up. It's a very easy thing to look up on the Internet. 2016, Texas voting districts. Politico has great live maps. I mean, numerous major news sources have great great maps. And you can look it up. He won more of the border counties than he did in 2016. But he most definitely did not win them all. And he was nowhere close to 60%. You can, I mean, go look at a map. You don't believe me? Go look at a map. So... That's just false. But I think he's told this story so many times that it's true to him. Like so many of the other things that he does. Uh, here's, this is, 
This is amazing. Um, they asked him, again, I think this is because he's just told the story so many times that in his mind it's just true. Okay? Are you ready? Um, so this is one of the major campaign promises that he made. The central pledge of your 2016 campaign, we talked about this, and the 2020 campaign was that you were going to build a border wall and that yeah. Mexico was going to pay for it. That's right. Did that happen? Yeah, it did. In, <laughs> in a very big way. Uh, Mexico... So what? I, I'm, I'm listening to this interview in the car with my kids in the my seven, my 19-year-old and my uh, my 15-year-old, and they fell off their chairs, too. They're like, the, wait, what now? What do you mean he paid for it? Uh, Mexico supplied us with thousands and thousands of soldiers, and I said Mexico's going to pay for a, a piece of the border wall because it also helps Mexico. It helps Mexico very much. It keeps people from coming. Uh, that, okay, so two parts here. Number one, he claims that Mexico paid for the wall. They did not. Not a cent. He claims, well, okay, what, what I said was uh, they'd pay for a part of it. Oh, my God. I mean, I don't know how many Trump. I, I attended maybe five Trump rallies. I attended all the ones here in one in Mobile. And, um, you know, I don't know how many times he said it, but he repeatedly said 100% of the wall. Every single penny of the wall was going to be paid for by Mexico. This is from Me Michigan in 2016. Build the wall. Build the wall. <laughs> We will build the wall, believe me. Well, how much of the wall? Maybe just a piece of it? Will Mexico pay for it? And who is going to wall? Who? 100%, folks. 100. I don't mean like, I don't mean like 99.2%. I mean 100%. So. But his new so thing is to say that they are going to pay for a part of it. Well, he never said that. He said all of it, and they haven't paid for any of it. About the troops, oh, yeah, they sent troops to police, you know, the Guatemala border, the border in the south, and also to help with, you know, uh, remain in Mexico for those seeking amnesty. That part's true. But the claim that the soldiers' time donated is equal to the $16 billion spent on the wall, which I don't mind. I'm glad the wall, the portion of it that he did build, he did build. I'm glad for that. But... You just can't lie about Mexico paying for it. I'm sorry, that's false. They agreed that they would uh, put, give us thousands of soldiers free of charge, which they did, to protect our uh, country while the wall was being built. And that money, that number that you're talking about, was at least equivalent to the money that they would have put into a wall. So <laughs> we used it, and the reason is there was no legal process where Mexico can give us money to build a wall in the United States. But there was a legal process where they can give us soldiers. So they gave us soldiers free of charge. So they spent $16 billion on soldiers helping the United States police our border? I mean, no. Now, did, again, did they do anything? Yes. Did he build the wall? Partially, yes. But he's just, it's, it's serial misrepresentation of the facts. Exaggeration. If, you see, here's the thing. If he would have said, you know what, I said Mexico would pay for it. Of course, Mexico didn't wind up paying for it. But we did get them to send troops. A Amen, brother. I meant to I meant to build a thousand miles of wall. We built about half of that. Amen, brother. If he would say things that were true and actually claim the victories that he actually did. I'd, and th this is actually the one thing that, that flummoxes me so much with Trump is 
he's such a mixture of great results and outrageously false statements that I'd never know what to make of him. Because on the one hand, he did so much of what he promised to do, but he claims he accomplished everything. He's got no flaws, no fault. Everything would be great if he were the president. And it's just such an exaggeration compared to what actually did happen, even though what actually did happen was so very, very good. He's right. Russia didn't take any territory under his watch. He's right. He didn't start any wars. But he talks about NATO. He improved NATO. But he didn't get them to spend $400 million a year on increased donations to NATO. He got them over the course of time to spend up to a couple hundred million dollars over like five years in their own military spending. It's just So, as a newsman, you just about have to put him in jail for misrepresentation. As an effective president, very effective. And this is why I don't watch Trump rallies, <laughs> because they so drive me. And this is, this is all on the substance. This is putting aside all of the ridiculous little statements that he says here and there all, all over the place. So I think the criticism of Univision is fair, but not the point. What did he actually say? And we'll talk about this more throughout the morning. 524 here on News Radio 92.3. Cold today, colder, almost down to freezing overnight tomorrow and Wednesday. So into the 30s overnight. Uh, light frost, some places inland is what we're looking at. I'm Andrew McKay. I'm getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20. So am I, because I'm at risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. If you're 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, COPD, or heart disease, or are 65 or older, you are at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about Prevnar 20, pneumococcal 20-valent conjugate vaccine. It can help protect you against pneumococcal pneumonia in just one dose. Even if you've already been vaccinated with other pneumonia vaccines, Prevnar 20 may help provide added protection. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Advertising, marketing, digital marketing, these are words you hear a lot about. But what exactly do they mean? How do you get started? Where do you get started? Well, you can start by tuning in to the Pensacola Expert Panel this morning at 1030. Join me, Tasca King. I'll show you how to navigate the changing and fast-growing landscape of digital advertising. This morning at 1030 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. This is Lewis Bear from the Lewis Bear Company. Wishing you a safe and happy holidays. Please don't text and drive or drink and drive. May your Christmas be filled with joy, love, and laughter. This is Monroe Watley at Frontier Motors wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. From all of us at the WEAR Morning News, and there's a lot more of us than you see every day on TV, we certainly wish you Happy Holidays. From our family to yours, all the joys of the season. Fox News Guy Benson gives you the news and brings you the newsmakers every day at 2 on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable.
Good morning, 526 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's the Pensacola Morning News. Uh, joining us in the newsroom, we've got David Wayne with our headlines. David? Good morning. Uh, memorial services for former First Lady Rosalind Carter are set to begin today. The former First Lady will lie in repose in the uh, lobby of the Jimmy Carter Presidential Library in Atlanta. Members of the public can pay their respects there. Her funeral will be held on Wednesday in Plains, Georgia. President Biden says he's been talking with leaders in the Middle East in an effort to extend the four-day ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war. Officials say their goal is to uh, allow a longer time for the release of more hostages. It looks like a pretty big recall for uh, several Honda vehicles. More than 300,000 Honda Accords and HRVs are being recalled over a dangerous seatbelt issue. The recall affects 2023 and 24 models. Some of the seat belts apparently were assembled missing a, a piece that tightens the belt to restrain people. So if you've got one of those, contact your dealer, I guess. Well, this time it's not the, um, you know, it's not the airbags that are No, not the you. exploding airbag yeah. this time. Yeah. Excellent. As a, uh, as, <laughs> as a long time fan of Honda's. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can we not get this stuff right? David, thanks so much for the update. 528 on News Radio 92.3, informative. Uh, local dependable. What else do we have going on? Did you watch any of the football over the weekend? Uh, Jake, did you watch any any college football over the weekend? I saw the Iron Bowl. Oh, my God. I was... Uh, this game. We'll uh, talk about coming up. I celebrated <laughs> way, way too early. And when I say way too early, I mean uh, five seconds yeah, exactly. left in the game. <laughs> That's right. Now, there were... Uh, it was not just the Alabama-Auburn game, the game that meant nothing except to everybody who cares about Alabama and Auburn football. Um, Alabama's not going to be in the college football playoff. I mean, it, even if they beat Georgia, it's hard to see it being. You'd have to like Georgia would have to lose, Michigan would have to lose, Washington would have to lose, Florida State would. I mean, like if everybody involved in a uh, in a championship game next week lost, maybe Alabama has a chance. Maybe, um, but you. I mean, you know that's not all going to happen. Now, granted, if they win over Georgia, I mean that puts them in the best shape, but it seems pretty unlikely that a. Uh, one lost team at this point is likely to. I mean, you know, but you know, it could. I mean, I suppose theoretically, you know, that's what could happen. The game um, delivered, though. I got to say, even though Auburn oh, no. didn't win, it was such a great game. Yeah, no, because Alabama as, played horribly. As a, <laughs> as an Auburn fan, I have much to say about. Like I said, we're gonna come, we'll talk about this coming up next. As an Auburn fan, I have a lot to say about this game. Um, and I and, and entertaining. Don't get me wrong. Very, 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 very entertaining. Four three seven sixteen twenty four three seven sixteen twenty. Uh, meanwhile, the game that was su- supposed to be the big game of the weekend Ohio State and Michigan actually was I mean that was also a very very good game Uh, you know Michigan winds up pulling it out basically two interceptions were the tail of the tape Uh, there was an early interception that led to a touchdown Ohio State threw an interception that you know got a 15-yard run back and then a follow-up touchdown and then right at the end when Ohio State had a chance to maybe do something with about a minute left to go in the game and then they threw another interception Uh, so a guy who's thrown five interceptions the whole year through two in the big game against Michigan, and uh, that was that. You know, so uh, Ohio State is on the outside looking in. Michigan is on the inside. Florida, of course, Florida State won. Of course, Florida did not win. Uh, <laughs> Washington won. Oregon won, and they're on the door knocking. So we'll see what happens in the college football playoffs. Like I said, we'll talk about this uh, Iron Bowl coming up next on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. 
the fourth and last scheduled day of a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas. Israel has released 117 Palestinian prisoners since Friday. Hamas has released 58 hostages. The final group of hostages under this current agreement should be free in the coming hours, but we're told there's a hitch. Reuters reports both Israel and Hamas have raised concerns over the list of names each side is planning to release. Fox's Jonathan Savage. Kids will be back in school in Portland, Oregon today. A teacher strike's over. The Portland teacher strike began on November 1st. Now, with a tentative agreement, the district says it includes a 13.8% cost of living increase over the next three years, creates new class size thresholds, increases planning time, and additional support for mental and behavioral health, and more. That's So Young Kim with Fox 12 Oregon. Stock futures are down slightly ahead of the opening bell on Wall Street. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 531 at News Radio 92.3. Right now it is 46 degrees. Partly cloudy skies in Pensacola today. A Gulf Shores man has died after a crash in Baldwin County. That happened on Friday. The Alabama Law Enforcement Agency says the crash happened on County Road 9 in Baldwin County. Uh, 41-year-old Cameron Anjika reportedly crashed head-on into a vehicle occupied by a teenager and a 20-year-old. Both of those two were also taken to a hospital with unknown injuries after that crash. Another crash in Alabama. Two men have died after a crash uh, in Escambia County, Alabama, over the weekend. Alabama Law Enforcement Agency says that happened on I-65 near mile marker 51 Saturday morning. 29-year-old Augustine Bean of Texas and 49-year-old Antonio Minifield of Georgia both died in the crash. Troopers continue to investigate that. Uh, The man wanted by Escambia County deputies for the alleged shooting of his wife uh, the day before Thanksgiving was arrested on Friday. 36-year-old Daryl Jerome Walker was arrested in Panama City. Investigators believe Walker shot his wife at an apartment on Medicine Road last Wednesday. The Escambia Sheriff's Office says multiple agencies assisted in Walker's arrest on Friday. A man was hurt after an apparent explosion in Jacksonville. The Sheriff's Office there says the man was found Saturday Saturday outside of a home uh, in Lake Forest Hills with debris all over the yard. Investigators say it looked like a blast scene. The man was taken to the hospital, is currently in stable condition. So far, investigators are still looking into what happened there. Well, it's getting colder out. That's no surprise. But uh, Santa Rosa County opening their cold weather shelter this week. The shelter is at uh, Ferris Hill Baptist Church. It'll be open tonight through Wednesday. Uh, it is open uh For those in need when the temperature drops below 40 degrees. Now, if you're planning to stay in that shelter, you'll need to be there between 6.30 and 8.30 p.m. each night. It's 5.34, and let's get a look at our Channel 3 weather forecast. This is meteorologist Brooke Richardson with your first morning weather update. We are going to be seeing a chilly day today, quite breezy as well, high near 60 degrees. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 38 degrees. As you go into Tuesday, mostly sunny skies with a high near 58. Tuesday night, temperatures dropping near 36 degrees. Warming up slightly on Wednesday, 61 degrees, mostly sunny skies with Wednesday night, temperatures dropping near 43. Stay connected to Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. And right now we've got partly cloudy skies. It is 46 in Pensacola, uh, also 46 in Gulf Breeze and in Milton. Our next news at 6. Breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3. 
What is News Radio 923? News, news and information, information for, for Pensacola. Pensacola. The Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay, 5 till 9. The Pensacola Expert Panel or Pep Talk from 9 to 11. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins, 11 until 2. Guy Benson from 2 to 4. Pensacola right now from 4 to 7. Dave Ramsey from 7 to 10. WEAR TV at 10. And Brian Kilmeade overnight at 11. On News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. With Climate Tech of Professional Air, an American standard heating and air conditioning independent customer care dealer in the Pensacola area on the Pensacola Expert Panel, Thursday at 9.30. Join in as Travis discusses how you can lower your energy bill and create a healthy, comfortable home. Join him Thursday morning at 9.30 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Open enrollment for health insurance starts November 1st, and this year, enroll in a Florida Blue plan and get exclusive support from an approved Florida Blue agent. Affiliated Insurance wants to help you find a health plan that's right for you and meets your needs, not theirs. Make enrollment hassle-free this year by calling 850-477-5840 and make that appointment with your local Florida Blue agent today. Policies have limitation. Health insurance from Blue Cross Blue Shield Florida Incorporated, BBA Florida Blue. Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay. Mornings before Pep Talk on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Second down and one. Two tight ends set. Roydell Williams is the guy that got him there, and he's got him in the end zone. Touchdown, Alabama. 7-0. Alabama winning a game early in the first quarter that everybody assumed they were going to just destroy Auburn. I mean, Auburn paid almost $1.8 million to bring in North Alabama to lose to him at home. You know, like nobody had it. I know a lot of people who are Auburn fans are like, I'm not even going to watch this game. Like, what's the point of watching it? I almost didn't. I almost didn't. And, uh, I mean, I'm glad I did, <laughs> but I almost didn't because I thought, what's the, but it was on TV and I thought, ah, I don't want to be that guy. I'll watch my team lose, you know, take it like a man. That's fine. Okay. So on the kickoff, okay. Everything started to go crazy on the kickoff. Auburn brought it out last time and they're going to bring it out again. That team. Oh. Flag down, and it's going to be a face mask. Massive head-turning three-quarters around face mask. Around the 20. By Alabama on the coverage. Kendrick Law, I think, is the guy. Whoa. Man. Watching on replay. That hurts way up here. Painful. Brian Petit has been mm. basically a return, kickoff return guy, but that one, you're reaching out. I get it. During the you know. turn, illegal block in the back. Return team number 44. The penalty is half the distance from the end of the run. What? Wait a second, it's got to be on both sides. They can't miss that, can they? He almost you got his it's helmet gotta around be both. Some, This is the problem with replay right here. I mean, okay, I get it. Maybe there's a block in the back, but there for sure is a face penalty. You, the whole stadium saw it. Everybody saw it. Except, apparently, the referees. So they just they keep talking about this and could not believe. And nobody could believe that there was no penalty call on Alabama for this. Gene's territory is with us. I mean, this is as blatant as you're ever going to get. Man, that is it, frustrating. It is, guys. And, and you know what you're hoping is one official is looking at the runner, action on the runner, 
The referee in this case behind the play, he's looking at the block. Okay, gee, he sees gee, the block will, in the back. Will they not look up at the scoreboard? They're showing it. It's literally happening on TV. Wow. It, it's, a, it's an uncomfortable feeling, Gary, but you can't look up and officiate from the scoreboard. Wow. That's the worst non-call I've yes. seen this year. I mean, we've seen face masks where the hand rubs across the face mask. You can get it, but, you know, you'd have to not understand football not to see this. Wow. <laughs> I, I don't normally play so much of the commentary, but it, they were exactly right. They were not wrong about any of this. So uh, Auburn, you know, managed to punt the ball away to Alabama after, you know, they got the ball. They didn't do anything with it. They were close to their own end zone. Um, Alabama manages to get the ball, and then Alabama is threatening. And now it's fourth and a long one for at Alabama. The, at the 40. And here comes the guy Gary was talking about. Kendrick Law will take it to the house. Remember when I told you they were going to get a call? They're going to get right a call here. right here. It's going to negate a touchdown run of 40 yards. The makeup call. Not saying it's not a penalty, but you knew you were going to get one back. See, it's not really a makeup if it's an actual penalty they wind up calling. You know, like that's not the same thing. But okay, they did call that back, and then you know Alabama had to punt on that uh, sequence. So Auburn gets the ball back, and they push all the way down the end. Now they're set, and it's Alston in the backfield with the ball, plowing ahead and into the end zone. Touchdown, Tigers. All right, so they tied it up 7-7. Seven to seven. But, again, you have to understand the mindset. Like, everybody watching this game on the Alabama side figured it's gonna they're going to win by 30 points. Everybody on the Auburn side figured they're going to, you know, Alabama's going to win by 30 points. I mean, it's just it's going to be a total blowout. So, uh, Alabama kicks a field goal. Will Riker kicks a 32-yard field goal. He's almost the all-time leading scorer in the uh, NCAA in history at this point. So, he's like, I think, one more point at the time to, to, to tie up that record. And then Auburn, uh, er, late in the second quarter, almost into the half. Austin stays in there. He and Jarquez Hunter has been, have been, the offense for Auburn. Now they're going to run an end around. Convoy in front of Javarius Johnson. Touchdown. They're ahead. <laughs> They're ahead by four. Oh, my God. They could go into the half ahead. What? So, commentator had to open his big mouth on the next series. We haven't seen Jalen Milrow air one out yet today, Gary. Stop it. Don't say now that. Now he does. Oh, no. And he's got Jermaine Burton. Yeah. Burton. Touchdown, Alabama. Yeah. 68 yards touchdown. It's a pretty good play. <laughs> when you got the boards of coverage. But okay. So still, I mean, down three at the half. If you're an Auburn fan, as I am, you think, no big deal. I mean, that's not so much. Uh, middle of the third quarter after that. Okay. You know, so Alabama's leading by three. Expected to win. Widely expected to win by a lot. Trying to add to his point total. Will Riker, more importantly, trying to put his team a little bit further in front. And he does. And he does. So they go up 20 to 14. And I think that's where he tied the all-time scoring something like I mean he's he's tied now for all-time scoring that means in the game against Georgia he's going to go ahead I would assume okay so Auburn is trailing by seven six minutes to go in the third quarter second and six Peyton Thorne's got a man wide open and a walk-in touchdown for Javarius Johnson well it's 27 yards I wouldn't call it a walk-in but okay fine so they're up by one all right, they're up by one, and Will Reichard's got a chance to take back the lead for Alabama in the third quarter, three minutes to go. Now it brings up Will Reichard, makes it a little bit more difficult field goal. This will be a 42-yard attempt to make him the all-time leading scorer in college football, and it's wide right. No good. And he doesn't miss ever, and he did miss this one from 42, so his score stays 21-20. 
here's where it gets weird. <laughs> if you thought the mist, uh, you know, face mask was weird. Um, okay, fourth and two. Fourth and two. Auburn's got the ball. Fourth and two. Driving somewhere around midfield, if I remember correctly. Maybe it was a little bit farther. Maybe like the 40, something like that. And uh, they try to pull a trick to, to draw uh, Alabama offsides. They got a guy moving in motion laterally, and then they pull two guys off the left side to come back in motion as well. That's important. Biggest play of the ball game is at hand. And Peyton Thorne's in the shot. Oh, they might have got him. Free play. It's going to the corner. McKinstry covering incomplete. I don't know if they were going to snap the ball. They might have just been trying to draw them off sides and take a timeout. Which they did. But the shift by Auburn yep, got made him. them look like it was a false start. So let's straighten it all out here. But Saban's screaming on the sidelines because you can't put three men in motion. Even if it was, you know, they got them by the move. You can't put three men in motion. So it should have been a penalty against Auburn. Should have been, but it wasn't. Um, let's just say that the um, uh, the refereeing in this game was, what's the word I want? Inconsistent. <laughs> <laughs> if matched up against really, really good, mm, it wasn't that. Uh, so Auburn managed to uh, uh, turn that into a field goal, 21-yard field goal. So they're up 24-20. to 20. Five minutes to go. Third and four. Alabama from the 23. He looks calm. We'll see if he still is on this third down snap. Jalen Milrow. There's the spy. Milrow can't get away. And throws it out of bounds. This should have been a penalty because the ball didn't get to this line of scrimmage, but they didn't call it, so they just go to fourth down, okay? Fourth down, five minutes under five minutes to go in the game. Auburn is up by four. Auburn fans are already partying because you're going to get the ball back with four and a half minutes to go. This is like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, it's really happening. Coy Moore this time is back deep. Give it a second, though. Here comes the punt. Burnup's kick. More camps up. Fell down to the ball. Yeah. Is out. Picked up. Can't run it. It'd be a muff. It's Jod Campbell who scored on a fumble return the last time we had these guys. <laughs> and this is going to be Alabama's ball. A slip. The Auburn player slips on the return. This is Coy Moore. Even though it's zero, it's not Keontae Smith. And when he hit the turf, the ball came out. Yep. Heart wrenching. <laughs> Ruben on the field as the punt was first touched by the receiving team, recovered by the kicking team. By rule, it's dead when recovered by the kicking team. First down, Alabama at that spot. Hey! Just how many things can happen in a football game? How many things can happen on this field? Crazy. No! <laughs> no! Or if you're an Alabama fan, yes! <laughs> Just obviously which side you're on. So, and... Remember what I said a minute ago? Here's where things get weird. Oh, no. No, no. Here's where things get like it just it gets weirder from there. So Alabama's got the ball deep in Auburn territory and they proceed to move backwards over the next three plays, including Jermaine Burton in motion and a bad snap or Milrow wasn't ready for it. He goes way down at the 26 yard line. So they're now like fourth and goal from the 40. Like that's how bad that sequence went for them. Fourth and goal from like the 40 or 40, sorry, from the 31. They were on the 31. So it's fourth and goal from the 31. There's like 40 seconds to go in the game. 
and and Auburn is again as Auburn fans are like, oh my God, this went so badly. This isn't so bad. This could be so good. This isn't this anything could happen. We're up by four. Even a field goal doesn't matter. Fourth and goal. Might only be a two-man rush this time. No pressure. That's all it is. All day. Airspace to cover for Milrow. Still looking. Firing. Near corner. It's caught. Touchdown, Alabama. Isaiah Bond. On a fourth and a mile. No. 31 yards. No. Touchdown, tied. No. We always keep thinking we've seen it all, and we never have, have we? Bond. Isaiah Bond. Unbelievable. Believe it. So Auburn has just a few seconds left on the, uh, you know, like, I don't know, 14 or something like that or 20, something like that. So they've got the ball deep in their end. And, I mean, you, you couldn't have a worse series of plays here. This is Tied with a three-man rush. Peyton Thorne. Ball is out in the end zone. Picked up by That's going Auburn, the wrong way, by the way. Being a safety. He gets it out, out, falls down. Could have almost been a safety. Clock is running. Trying to get some people up the line of scrimmage. Peyton One last Thorne play. got nailed and the ball came out. They might get one more play if they can get everybody regrouped, but they might not. I'm not the sure they even got this off. Trying to get back to the line of scrimmage, which is the one-yard line, with one second to go. Thorne lofts one out. It is intercepted. No. Terry and Donald will end it for the tide, maybe with a touchdown. Pick six. The craziest, most unbelievable final 40 seconds of football that maybe you'll ever see unless you've been to the Iron Bowl before. That's exactly right. It was ruled, actually, he went out of bounds. I thought his foot went out, and they did call later. They didn't even announce that until, like, they were signing off. Oh, by the way, the score was. So the end score was 27-24. to 24. Auburn wins. Yes, he pushed off a little in the catch in the end zone. I, I mean, I wouldn't have called it. I mean, it's they were just playing. Uh, I, I get it. I get it, you know, but then again, look at the call that they didn't get made for Alabama where the guy was inbounds, you know, his foot touched down. They showed it on replay a hundred times. They didn't get that call. So a great game, wrong outcome, <laughs> but Jake, you watch this game. Uh, yes, fair yes, fair to describe this as memorable. Very memorable. It's, it's the kind of game you just like, I'm, the reason I'm spending so much time and I'll, 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 I'll kind of retell some of this later on in the show. For those of you who are heading into work, if you didn't watch the game because you thought it was just going to be a blowout, you've got to know about this game before you go to work <laughs> because it was it was that game. It was the game that, weirdly, everyone should have watched and will wish they had watched if they didn't. And a lot of people, I think, didn't watch it because I almost didn't watch it. And I looked for me, I actually was going backwards in the game because I started, I don't know, with the way my recorder worked. And I saw, I thought they were interviewing an Alabama player at the end. I'm like, oh, okay, obviously. So I kind of knew that, but I was like, because we were ahead, I was thinking, oh, maybe I heard it. Maybe I saw it wrong. I can suspend disbelief pretty good just to enjoy a game. No, no. So anyway, um, great game. Yeah. I mean, no, great game. So 549 on News Radio. Not great for putting Alabama up in the rankings. Because when you can't even barely beat Ala, uh, beat Auburn, but okay, there you go. Five forty nine News Radio ninety two three informative, local, dependable. Hope you enjoyed it as much as everybody else did who watched it. Uh, hey, if you have uh, employees, you have benefits, you have insurance, you have dental, vision, life, disability, HR. You got to manage uh, payroll, all of that kind of stuff. If what you're doing right now is great and you love it, then great, wonderful. Keep doing that. If there's anything about what you're currently doing that you don't love, or 
you don't want to do it at all. Or you want to find out if maybe there's better options out there for you. This is why you call Torgerson Causey, a comprehensive employee benefits agency. We've been using them here at News Radio and Cat Country for about six years, seven years, something like that now. They've been great. They gave us options we didn't have. They gave us choices. They gave us better plans just and better customer service by far than we had before. Like for me, it was just a night and day, you know, night and day difference. So if you just want to have somebody come out and check out what you're doing and see if there's a better way to do it, um, 433-9996 for Torgerson Causey or check them out online at tcbenefitsgroup.com. The Pensacola Christmas Concert is back on News Radio 92.3. It's 24 hours of Christmas music from you, Pensacola. Local churches, local bands, local musicians, all right here on News Radio 92.3, all Christmas Day. We have music from the Pensacola Children's Chorus, the Pensacola Civic Band, Olive Baptist Church, the Perdido Brass, and more. And if you'd like your music to be part of the Pensacola Christmas Concert, send an email to christmas at newsradio923.com. Pensacola businesses are estimated to lose over $20,000 to cybercrimes this month. I'm Nathan with Data Revolution, and this is your Cybersecurity Tip of the Month. Confirming any change to a financial transaction with a phone call can save time, embarrassment, and especially money when dealing with would-be criminals. Businesses along the Gulf Coast trust Data Revolution for their cybersecurity and communications needs. Visit datarevs.com for more information. This is Todd Thompson, President and CEO of the Greater Pensacola Chamber of Commerce. Join me Monday at 10 for the Chamber Connection Show. This Monday, I'll be talking to Christy Craig, Executive Director of Ready Kids. Christy will explain how Ready Kids helps kids get ready for school through reading programs with mentors. So join me Monday at 10 for the Chamber Connection Show. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. This is Paul Epstein with Running Wild. Join me this Wednesday at 10 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. Discover why we at Running Wild are the running and fitness experts in the Pensacola and Fairhope communities specializing in fitting you in the best shoe, apparel, and training for your unique needs. We pride ourselves on serving, training, and encouraging you to reach your goals. So bring your questions this Wednesday at 10. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM. 1620. The Dave Ramsey Show, weeknights 7 to 10, before WEAR TV News on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. $2. Cash. News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Somebody texted me in here and says, uh, do what we Tennessee fans do, just dress in lots of orange and tailgate. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, man. Uh, 5.53 on News Radio 92.3. I, I got some of what I wanted over the weekend. I mean, I got Michigan beat Ohio State. You know, I root for Oregon, Illinois, when I can admit it in public, because uh, I went there. Um, Auburn and anybody who's playing Ohio State. Michigan beat Ohio State, so, you know, that was good. And the the Iron, the Iron Bowl was fun, so, you know, horrible, terrible, and fun. Uh, David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines this morning. David, did you watch any football game? Are you a football fan? I don't even know. Uh, sometimes. A little bit. Okay, yeah, so that's I'd... a no. Fair enough. Go ahead. 
Well, uh, an appeals court today is considering the gag order in former President Trump's civil fraud trial in New York. Trump, of course, has uh, on several occasions made comments against the judge and the court staff in that trial, leading to the gag order being imposed last month. That was later blocked by an appeals court, at least until today's proceedings. So we'll see what happens then. The uh, three-week-long teacher strike in Portland is now over. Uh, Over the weekend, the school district and teachers union there reached a tentative agreement. Uh, They say this will give teachers pay raises, more time to prepare, and uh, more mental health support for students there. And, uh, you know, we've talked a little bit about this over the the months. A lot of younger people are moving all across the country. They've Mm -hmm. gone all sorts of places. Well, now a new report says some members of Generation Z, unfortunately, may not be able to make it home for Christmas because of inflation and just not being able to afford it. A recent Credit Karma survey found many Gen Z Americans with uh, with student debt apparently won't be able to travel home for the holidays unless their parents pick up the tab. I got you. So now uh, parents are expected to pay for college and uh, and travel and travel yeah. and, and travel and rent yeah. and yeah. rent and <laughs> no, yeah. I, I remember that report. We talked about this what, last week or something, where a lot of the folks are moving like to the states that everybody else is fleeing. You know, right. they're moving the highest to cost Denver, of living they're moving, states. moving right. to California. Colorado, it's moving yep. to California, which always makes me think like, but you, you know, it's expensive there though, right? <laughs> right. It's in the travel brochures. I, I remember, Come here, please. But it's expensive. I mean, I remember like, golly, this was a 2004. I've got to get my years right. Yeah. 2004. So nearly 20 years ago. And uh, I was getting into radio full time and I got interviewed in San Francisco for a job that I wound up taking that same job with the same company, but in a different location in Phoenix. And they interviewed me in San Francisco and they're like, yeah, but you can't live here on what we're going to pay you. <laughs> yep. I'm like, I get that. That's accurate. But it was just a warm up interview for the Phoenix interview. So it wound up being okay. But man, you just, you can't just can't live in California for that. There's a reason that they buy like three houses here when they move here. Cause oh, yeah. that's, you know, comparable. Although now it's probably two frankly, with the price increase. Uh, David Wayne, uh, thanks so much for the update. 556 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Oh, you, oh, man. I enjoy being able to sort of demonstrate that I will go out of my way to find the good things to say about people I disagree with or, you know, the criticize the people I agree with because I think that's what you're supposed to do as a honest person as a news person as just a citizen you know you should be fair in all cases um fair to your enemies fair to your friends okay um and so when president biden made his i thought very accurate statement that you cannot trust the hamas death toll numbers because hamas will i mean lie about anything i i praised him for it i thought this is good good for you well done that's exactly right yes and you know, I'm still amazed that every time, for example, NBC is the primary like network station that I watch for my news. Every time NBC reports on an Israeli claim, they always say, you know, we haven't been able to independently verify this. And every time they report on a Hamas claim, they just say Hamas says, dude. Uh, anyway, so now, even as we're getting, you know, the hostages being released, which is good news, there's no doubt that is Good news. We're seeing all these hostages released, including, you know, the four year old little girl, uh, uh, Abigail, which is. Can't imagine. She gets both of her parents killed. They're on top of her. She escapes and runs away to like a neighbor or a friend or a family or something. And then they all get taken hostage. She celebrates, not really, her what, fifth birthday or fourth birthday in captivity. Just a little, little four year old. You know, they released her at least and, and many others. Okay. The release is ongoing, right? There's supposed to be more today. We'll see what happens after today. 
But uh, that's all good news. But still, President Biden is now reportedly apologizing to prominent Muslim Americans for questioning the accuracy of the death toll figures from Gaza. Are you kidding? He, I mean, he was clear, and I thought the whole world was clear about this, that we certainly do know that civilians are being killed or had been killed by Israel in the invasion. We certainly do know that children were killed, but we have no idea how many. And we know that Hamas lies about everything and inflates these numbers because that was all part of the strategy from the beginning. So now he's apologizing for saying that he didn't believe the liars, the terrorists. He says, uh, during the, uh, this is the report from Fox News. During the meeting, Biden listened to leaders describe people they knew who were directly impacted by the conflict in the Middle East. I'm sorry. I'm disappointed in myself, Biden told the group. It's Washington Post reporting. The Muslim American, so you say it's Fox News. No, it's Washington Post. Uh, the Muslim American leaders who met with Biden urged him to show more empathy to the Palestinians, and Biden allegedly hugged one of the participants at the end of the meeting. I don't really have a problem with that. But the notion that somehow he should apologize for saying that you can't trust the Hamas death toll numbers, I don't Just when you think you found a thing that you can praise somebody for doing right on, and then this turns out to be the case later. So... We'll be back. Thank you so much for listening. You're listening to News Radio 92.3 WNRP Golf Breeze Milton, Pensacola. 